Hi, I'm John. And I'm Bree. And you're listening to Nibsqueak, where we explore visual tools for working better. And today we're talking about what visual thinking really means. This is Nibsqueak. Hey, Bree, do you consider yourself a visual thinker? Well, yeah, I mean, I do. I, I always have to write stuff down, John. And I think about floor plans when I'm in buildings. People talk and I see stuff. I mean, I really visualize everything. So like the building thing. So you, when you go in, you want to know what things look like from the top. Yeah. Right? Okay, whatever. Like, So what else do you do? So I do this thing. I have this like crazy compulsion to understand how every new word that I hear is spelled. And I kind of write it on my imaginary chalkboard. It's, I know, it's just, it's weird. My brain is quirky that way. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Keep going. This is, this um, is interesting. Let me think. Okay. So, well, I do this thing when I'm driving. Well, back in the day when, before there was Google Maps, um, I would sort of map out my route, whatever route I was going to take when I was driving in my, again, in my strange brain. In your map head, so so you're like Google Maps. Exactly, I was super beta, beta or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I do something kind of like that. Yeah, um, it's not when I'm driving, but it's when I'm on an airplane and you look mm-hmm. at the flight paths mm-hmm. on the screen. You know, mm-hmm. I try to imagine. Well, what if what if North wasn't up? North was rotated ninety degrees. So what would that look like? So if I'm flying to see you from Dallas to Oakland, I'm not going right to left. It would be maybe up to down. So you just sort of like visualize it from every direction. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's very disorienting, but it's but it's interesting. It kind of stretches your brain in really weird ways. Okay. See, co-host, co-weirdo, brains are funny. <laughs> All right. True. Fair enough. Another thing that I think I do that is in, in the vein of visual thinking is when I'm talking to clients on the phone, I try to use not the phone as much as possible and use, use a WebEx or a go-to meeting and have some documents on the screen and we're sharing and I'm marking up in real time with my with my Wacom tablet, whether it's graphics or text, I'm actually drawing right on the screen. And I I just like to be able to collaborate and work with something and, and have that ability to sketch at any time, whether I'm sitting down at the table or or on the phone. You know, clients think it's weird because it's it's still, you know, newfangled to be able to share graphics on a screen, but I think it's really not. It's just very practical. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing to see that in action. I've been in some of those meetings with you and it's like people's heads kind of explode when they realize that you're doing that, you know, in, in front of them. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um, in real time editing things. Yeah, it's cool. Hey, so I wanted to find out more about how other people approach visual thinking. So I talked to our friend Matt. Yeah, you want to know besides us? That's a good idea. So let's hear what he had to say. What's interesting is I have a, uh, a, a good friend of mine who I started working with about a decade ago, and he commented on he, that I have this, this thing where I'll grab a, just a stack of white um, 11 by 17 uh, piece of paper, or even eight uh-huh. and a half by 11. It's just a stack of white paper, and I'll draw things on it, and then I'll put it aside, and then I'll draw things on the next piece and keep. Uh-huh. And so I'm. Uh, whether that's in a notebook, whether that's on large sheets yeah. of paper. And even even when I'm typing notes, there's still it's still sketches. It's still about 
grabbing these fragments of things and then being able to play with those fragments again and again and again and again. Well, Matt, I mean, you and I go way back. We've known each other a long time. Yeah. And, and I think of you as someone who is almost like a, a visual channeler, mm. you know, like someone, someone who takes in a lot of information that's often just not even visual to begin with. You know, it's listening or it's something you see or it's a fragment like you're describing of something you hear. Yeah. Um, and and it's like you have this sort of superhuman power um, to create these sketches or models um, out of what you hear. Is that a fitting description? Is that how it works? Yeah. Is that I, what it feels like to be you? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I would call them superhuman, but I have... Well, no, I, I, I think I, of them as superhuman. Well, thank you. I mean, I appreciate the compliment. And, uh, you know, it, what's interesting is when I um, first got into the, to the field of work that we're in, the way that it was introduced to me was through graphic facilitation. Um, mm -hmm. And most of my work today is not about picking up a whiteboard marker and drawing on a right. wall. But those early days where I did that, um, the people that I was learning from and competing with, if you will, for you know being good at that craft, mm -hmm. had a, had an amazing way of taking the soundbite or taking the idea and creating an iconic representation of that that thing they could draw you know someone in the room would say um we need to all be on the same page about our burning platform and they would draw this beautiful right. image of a burning platform that became this moment of shared memory and everyone in the room knew what they were talking about and everyone could right. lock on this idea and i could never draw that well so i, I you know part of my background is um uh, i'm a studio artist uh, i got my undergraduate degree in studio art and then ended up going on to graduate school, um, or at least started graduate school at the San Francisco Art Institute um, before I came into this collaborative work. And um, I've never been able to represent um, things in the world as well as other people who can draw. And s Well, right, but then is that a... Is that is that an ingredient of the superhuman well, ability? I, I, like, how does that... Yeah, <laughs> I, think it, I think it is because the reason I was drawing on these walls and what I became good at when listening to these conversations was less about the thing or capturing mm -hmm. the soundbite and more about the relationship of things. So this, this notion of simple circles, simple lines, simple connections, even the, right. the relationship between words became the medium from which I started to understand the conversations and then that's right. what i was putting on the wall and that that process of actively synthesizing through the relationship of things not just the description of those things with high impact visuals became the thing that i started to understand about myself and maybe that's what you call the superhuman power but I re remember calling my dad and saying I know what I am I know what I am kind of <laughs> moment on a train platform in Chicago and and I said I'm a modeler I model I and I think that's that's what you're talking about that's the right the act right I mean I love what you're talking about Matt because I feel like it really gets us away from this binary idea that you're either a visual thinker or you're not or you're either good at drawing or you're not good at drawing. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think so, for so many people, this is really just a, 
it's a conversation of things you can do and things you can't do. You know, what you do well and what you don't do well and what your strength is and what it's not. And you're, I think what I hear you saying is like, just go for it, get it, you know, get it all out, put it all out there and make the connections. And in the process of making those connections, you'll be, you know, creating value for yourself and, and finding solutions. Right, and I, I even think of like uh, Jenny Holzer, right? One of my favorite artists and um, her neon work, which is all about mm-hmm. language, right? It's words, but sure. by putting those words out in a visual way, those words have different meaning. And so being a visual thinker can easily be writing one word on a piece of paper and writing another word on a piece of paper and then asking yourself to write all the words between those words that connect those words and make those words work together. And so I want to get beyond this idea of the iconic, you know, scribing or visualization that I think a lot of people think of to all visualization is is taking the stuff that normally rattles around in our brains and putting it down on paper so we can look at it from a different perspective than the way that we just configure it when it's in our heads. Matt, what's your advice for someone who gets why this is important, sees why it's valuable, um, you know, is ready to do it, <laughs> ready to think in this way and work in this way and collaborate in, the, co- collaborate in this way, um, but just doesn't quite know how to start. I mean, what, what, how did you grow this ability within yourself? How did you, how did you start? Um, I think the, there's a couple of, you know, tactical answers, right? Grab a sheet of paper, you know, grab a couple of different colored pencils or markers or whatever you like and just practice, right? That's a very classic way to start from a, from a tactical standpoint. And there's a, there's a good friend of mine um, who, and I, I wish I had his article and stuff as well, but I, I think the better answer is to let go to let go of all of the things that tell us how we should show up in a room, right? And just to allow yourself to put your thoughts out into the world before they're finished, to to allow yourself just the room to, to play with your ideas in public, to not to edit before we engage with other people. And that's maybe the more difficult skill set. Um, and, you know, I had a mentor, his name was Richard Flagg, and I was probably 10 years old when he started um, uh, engaging me in what he would call think out loud sessions. Let's just go think out loud for a while. Hmm. Um, and uh, this was somebody who my father knew. It was um, uh, He was the owner of a tannery, um, but he also happened to be a, an artist in his own right. And my dad would go over to their house, bring me over, and um, we just sit around and we talk about things. And I think that, that you have to practice that skill set 
the skill set of thinking out of, loud. Thinking out loud of 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 being okay with letting go of your ideas before they're perfect and and when you do that and you and well i think that there's another piece because it really ties to this notion of listening it's not just your ideas that you want to put out there um you want to take all ideas and put them out there so <laughs> so you know, I often get credit for coming up with great things in these sessions. Like people say, wow, you really know our business. And I say, actually, I, I don't. In some cases, I don't know their business as well as I, uh, as well as they do. And that, I, in fact, I never know their business as well as they do. What I'm doing, though, is taking all the stuff that they're saying, and I'm not being afraid of just trying and putting it out there and playing with it. And so, um, in addition to just practicing the techniques of putting things on paper, it is practicing the technique of not over-filtering before you start to play. That was our friend Matt Saia, CEO of Collective Next and visual channeler of ideas. I like that. And I think that's kind of what we were getting at uh, before we listened to Matt there when the, the weird stuff that we do in our brains, the act of putting that on paper. So Matt said he likes to just grab a stack of paper, whether it's big paper or little paper. That act of just getting something out, whether it's not even half right or a third right, and sharing it with someone else to help you learn and to make your idea a little better, I think that's the point. And, you know, John, I wanted to ask you the question that I asked Matt. You know, as someone who is fluent in this visual thinking ability, what would you recommend to someone who gets this whole concept and is interested in learning how to do this better, but doesn't quite know how or where to start? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, Matt had a lot of really good ideas about putting your stuff out there. It doesn't have to be perfect, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about some real practical ideas here. Um, oh, I like practical ideas. Yeah. So the first thing is just buy yourself a couple of really nice pens, some fancy pens Nibs. and an unlined mm -hmm. notebook. No lines, no Unlined, grids. Unlined, just like blank paper. Yeah, just a blank paper notebook. Okay, but wait, what if you're a tablet lover? Well, that's okay. I mean, you can take notes in an unlined drawing app. There's a whole bunch of them out there now, and there's a lot of really good ones. But we, I really do recommend the, the analog nib manner of doing this because of the the quickness and the immediacy. And you, if you have a pen, you can't yeah. erase. There's There's something to that. All right, so let's say you got your notebook. Yeah, you got this notebook. And then just set a, a, an easy goal for yourself. For a week, take this notebook to every single meeting you go to and take notes. Literally write down things that you're hearing and that while you're listening and challenge yourself to make at least half of those notes sketches of some form. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah and then just see what happens. Yeah, I like this idea. I want to do this. Okay, <laughs> I recommend it. <laughs> uh, I got another one for you. I got a second Okay. Practical thing. So pick a really big idea in your life. Maybe it's some kind of project you've got going mm -hmm. on at work or at home. Going back to school. Yeah. Draw it. Draw all oh. the pieces, all the parts and little bits of that situation. Drawing that beautiful school bus just coming down the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get everything down on paper. All, all the layers, all the nuances. And then mm -hmm. show it to somebody. Show it to someone, talk about it, and then redraw it. Start over. Grab a okay. new sheet of paper and redraw it. And the point is to share and refine 
through thinking through the, the lens of that visual. Right. It's practice, right? Every time you iterate and you repeat, just see what happens. You'll, you'll discover you'll learn something new as you make your idea or your drawing just a little bit better. Um, you know, for you looking at walking in buildings and seeing floor plans, you, you know, go back to your weird brain. It doesn't matter what it is, just that the practicing and the sharing will, I think, help you feel more in tune with what it means to be a visual thinker. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the hopes of our show um, is that visual thinking will simply become part of your your mindset. I mean, there's this notion that you can take a class or read a book or do these exercises. And these are great ideas, but really any visual thinking or visual working, we think, will help everyone think and collaborate better. I couldn't agree more. All right. Well, until next time, keep it squeaky. Keep on squeaking, guys.